0: Have you heard WAP? Okay, maybe it's WAP. It's one of the two, but it's, it's one of the most listened to tunes in the country. If that's what you can call it uh, right now, it's uh, it's hip-hop, which means it's mostly talking. But it's by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, maybe you've never heard of them. Of course, they never heard of you either, but they are gigantic stars in the music industry. And I can't even begin to tell you what WAP stands for or what the song is about. Well, actually, I I could tell you uh, pretty easily. I just can't tell you on the radio. Um, You'd have to listen to it. Uh, You really need to Google Cardi B, C-A-R-D-I, the letter B, and WAP, W-A-P, lyrics. You'll see the song. Uh, You'll see the lyrics, or you can listen to it on YouTube, watch the video. Uh, be prepared, because it's pretty strong stuff. It's not the stuff you're uh, normally uh, used to hearing as lyrics to a quote-unquote song, but check it, check it out. Just be prepared. But it got me to thinking about what might be a problem for the Black Lives Matter movement and for the advancement of the, of the cause that uh, Black Lives Matter is supposed to stand for, uh, Because just because of the bombardment in the media that uh, that's, people are getting now, Uh, uh, and so much about the black culture, with this song being the most popular song right now among young people everywhere, black and white, and with videos every night of violence and looting being done mostly by black people, and news every day um, about multiple murders in multiple cities involving black-on-black shootings. Every Monday you hear the, the uh, the, the tabulations of... Uh, the number of murders in Chicago or New York or Washington, and all the conversation is about is that it's black on black. Uh, And so I I got to thinking about white people and the impression that they might be getting about blacks, and it's not good because I think it's a false impression, think, especially with kids. And I don't mean little kids, uh, but high school kids, college kids. Uh, just white people in general who live in the suburbs and have very few, if any, black neighbors and just are not exposed to uh, black people very much. And that I, I hate, I, I mean, I don't hate to tell you, but I can tell you that I've grown up in the South. I grew up in the South Hills. I've lived in the South Hills all my life, and I don't, I haven't lived in a black neighborhood. I didn't go to school with very many black kids. Um, and so, uh, and it's still the same out here in where I am, out in the South Hills area. So think about the high school kids. Uh, or just white people in general who live in the suburbs and have very few, if any, black neighbors. The kids may have a few black classmates. So what is their impression of black people? If Is it what they get from hip-hop? Is it what they get from seeing and hearing about crimes being committed in the city? I mean, they're not exposed to everyday black people. Uh, just, and that's too bad because it shows that we still live in a segregated society. But because of that... White people, especially kids, are constantly being fed stereotypes. They don't have anything to counterbalance it. If you're a white kid living in Mount Lebanon or Upper St. Clair or Peter's Township, and that's all you see, why wouldn't you have a false impression of, of what it is to be a black person? And, and uh, you, you don't have any, uh, a, 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 any number of black friends. Um, I don't know. They're constantly being fed these stereotypes. And how does that advance the cause of blacks? Of course, part of the problem is if you criticize things like WAP, uh, you're accused of being a racist. And white kids who follow sports, they hear about NFL players, mostly black, getting arrested and charged with domestic abuse. Um, what other frame of reference do they have if they don't live near or go to school with black people? Uh, and or and if they're not ex- exposed to normal, everyday black families, what, what happens if the only... Uh, impression they get is what they see on television or what they see on the internet or what they hear in the music that they listen to. Cause I, the, the, the white kids listen to that stuff. Um, I know my grandkids do. So maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm overstating it and I don't know how to fix it if it's true, but I'm just not sure what is being celebrated as uh, black culture right now is going to make things any better. I just, uh, again, just check out WAP. And uh, I, I wish I could read some of the lyrics for you here, but I can't but and and when you do check it out, just keep in mind that it's might be the most listened to uh, tune song, uh, rap, hip hop, whatever it is um, in the country right now. Think about where we've gone from Aretha Franklin to Cardi B. I know I'm old and I have no credibility on the subject of current pop culture. But in our second half today, I will, second half hour, I'm going to talk to a real live millennial. Uh, she comments on pop culture all the time. I'll talk to her about her book. But coming up after this break is Sean Parnell. He's running for Congress in the 17th District against Connor Lamb. But he's also kind of running against Kamala Harris right now, too. We'll talk to him about that and lots of other Democrat insanity when we come back. Stick around. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's
1: pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies, and the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter get it wherever books are sold.
2: If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of clean But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com Code Salem.
0: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over fifty years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's Windows or Us Pittsburgh pittsburgh.com windows are us pittsburgh.com
3: the John Stagerwall show am 1250 the answer
0: well now we know that Joe biden's running mate is just as whacked as he is but uh, Kamala Harris didn't come by the wackiness lately and she can't blame it on her age uh, Sean Parnell isn't running against Biden Harris directly but he's running against the radical Democrat Party and Connor lamb in district 17. And he joins us now, Sean. Thanks for being here.
4: Hey, again. thanks for having me, John. It's great. It's great. It's great to be here.
0: So, um, does every Republican running have to view Harris as the president in waiting right now?
4: <laughs> I think so. I th- I mean, I think so. I right before the show, Joe Biden was was speaking, and I was I was watching Kamala Harris uh, take the stage. And honestly, I think I fell asleep a little bit while Joe Biden was talking. I mean, the guy. I, I he. he Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would be so disastrous uh, for for Western Pennsylvania, not just Western Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania and the entire country. I mean, Kamala Harris, the media is in overdrive trying to spin her as some sort of moderate. But she's Mm -hmm. the left of Bernie Sanders, you know, And, and 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 I mean, she was voted as the most liberal senator. Uh, in 2019, I mean, she she supports far left policies like eliminating private health insurance. And she actually co-wrote and co-sponsored the Green New Deal. She compared ICE. She compared ICE agents to the KKK. She's for decriminalizing illegal border crossing and give, giving illegal immigrants taxpayer subsidized health care. I mean, my goodness, she is. I mean, she day one. She says she she takes your 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 weapons uh, via executive order. Uh, she's for repealing the Trump tax cuts, which disproportionately helps the middle class, while simultaneously advocating for raising taxes. She is a disaster. She's a disaster for, for, for the country and for Pennsylvania.
0: And uh, the New York Times, when it reported the story yesterday of her being uh, named the, uh, no, the, vice, the vice president uh, nominee, referred to her as a pragmatic centrist.
4: She, I mean, that's just that's what I mean. they're working over there. She's not she's as rat. she I'm telling you nonprofit group says that she has the, modus, uh, the, the the most liberal uh, Senate voting record uh, in 2019. She's to the left of Bernie Sanders and so that's pretty hard to um, get. she's clear, she, yeah, she's clearly not moderate. I mean, she supports Medicare for. I mean imagine imagine you've got a health care plan that you like. she takes it away with with the stroke of a pen. You know, imagine if you're working in an oil and gas job here in western Pennsylvania, she passes the Green New Deal on day one, you're out of a job, right? I mean, these policies, if you're advocating for putting somebody out of work and for raising people's taxes in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of a pandemic, and in the midst of probably one of the greatest economic crises that this country has faced in the history of our country, it's, it's immoral. It's flat out immoral and, and in my mind, disqualifying.
0: Uh, now, your opponent, Conor Lamb, voted with Nancy Pelosi almost every time, and he endorsed Biden very early on. He, he was on Biden right from the beginning. Has he tried to separate himself from their radicalism, at least, uh, if not I mean, in fact, he, but in, it, in image? Has anybody seen him? I mean, he's like campaigning <laughs> against a ghost.
4: I mean, honest to God, I'm about to put, uh, put, his, put his picture on the side of milk cartons, for goodness sake. You know? I mean, he has been completely missing in action uh, through this entire crisis, you know, and he he pops his head up out of his own basement uh, to, to sort of uh, to critique or take pot shots from the sidelines at the president. Um, he was three months late to the to the horrific tragedy that happened at Brighton Nursing Facility in Beaver County. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he showed up after the crisis was already over. He's been he's he voted for by proxy voting. He's basically getting paid two hundred grand a year to sit at home and not vote, gave up his voting card to someone in Congress. Well, if he's not willing to vote, if he's not willing to go to Washington and do the job to represent the people, give me yeah, – I'll take the voting card. I'll represent the people, you know? He's, he's been derelict in his duty, and so I, I don't know how to answer your question uh, of, of where he stands on any issues because he's never really forced to answer any questions because he never really leaves his own basement.
0: Well, what, what is I mean what is that what does the the basement strategy I, I understand it with Joe Biden because he's incapable of putting two sentences together uh, that mm-hmm. you can understand him just not wanting to expose his uh, his condition to people forget his, his opinions but what would what would Connor lamb be gaining by hiding in his basement is, is uh, I mean it's not like he's he's not like Joe Biden where he's speaking gibberish all the time.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just truthfully don't know. I think I think he's just he's not a leader. And when you're not in Washington and you don't have talking points passed to you uh, from Nancy Pelosi to help shape your message, um, it, it becomes very difficult for someone to articulate a message. That's what you rely on all the time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that's fine. You know, he can see the political battlefield to me and we'll keep we'll keep doing everything we can to, to represent the people and be there for them. And the, the, truth, the true tragedy about all this, John, is that people have reached out to his office uh, during this campaign and during this crisis and gone to him for help, and they get form letters in response with, almost, with never any follow-up. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people. Why? Because they turn to me and come to me and ask me for help. And, of course, we're more than willing to be there for them Uh, And, you know, I'm not trying to be overly hard on Connor, but this job is serious, right? Representing the people is a serious job. Being there for the people and leading from the front during a time of crisis is everything. And to me, he's been missing in action from day one. In fact, look, when I got in the race, he was already campaigning for Senate. He was already campaigning outside the district in 2022. So me getting in the race was an annoyance to him. He didn't even want to run for this district in the first place. And so he's already looking to climb, climb that political ladder to run for a higher office. So, you know, I, I'm not sure why he's he's hanging out in his house and, and not leading through this crisis. But if he's not willing to, to do the job, I certainly am.
0: Yeah. And uh, both Biden and Harris uh, raised their hands on the debate stage uh, when they were asked if they support free health care for illegal immigrants. Has uh, does Lamb have any policy statement on that? No. Did no. he, did he, he doesn't. And what about his voting
4: record I mean, on that? Well, he, he's, he's voted to give amnesty to illegal immigrants, you know. Yeah. And taxpayers subsidize health care for, for illegal immigrants. It's important for people to understand that money comes from your pocket. Anytime Absolutely. you hear a Democrat talk about raising taxes, imagine them opening your purse or opening their wallet and taking your hard-earned money and frivolously spending it in a way that probably not in keeping with your values right and so my job uh you know on day one is to help rebuild and restore this economy make sure people can have a job put food on their tables for their families and keep taxes low so that you keep more of your own money that's day you know because we're in the middle of a crisis people are struggling they need every penny that they can get to make a living and invest in their future and it's going to be my job to protect that future for
0: them yeah and um uh, are you going to be able to have you had any negotiations with them about having a debate yes
4: september 26th uh i was very happy to hear that they had agreed to uh, a debate on september 26th i think it's going to be at six o'clock on wpxi uh with the great Catherine menta as the moderator uh and i so look forward to it you know i oh. I'm, again i'm not even sure that Connor lamb even uh, exists so it'd be great to actually <laughs> see him in real life yeah well and that will that be the only debate Well, as of right now, it is. I'm certainly open to having more debate, Uh, but I honestly, I can't wait. I can't wait to get him on the stage and ask him direct questions about his voting record and see how he explains that to the people here in the district, because he is a case study in contrast of saying one thing in the district and voting a very different way in Washington. And he certainly misrepresented himself in 2018 when he ran both races back to back to the people here in Western Pennsylvania in order to get elected. And I think, he needs to answer. He needs to answer questions about that voting record, that very questionable voting record, because he certainly misled the voters here in Western Pennsylvania.
0: We're talking to Sean Parnell. He's running against uh, Connor Lamb in District 17 for the uh, U.S. House. Um, so um, both Biden and Harris have doubled. This is my. This is one of my. I've talked to you about this before, and I happened to be watching. Uh, I believe it was Tucker Carlson the other night, and he uh, mentioned that. This was an issue, and he was. He said he was disappointed that um, that the Republicans aren't talking about this enough. And I feel the same way. I, I and I know you have, but I, I don't know if you can draw him out on this issue. But both Biden and Harris have doubled down on the Equality Act, which uh, allow would well, among other things allow males to compete against females in sports. And you know, in Western PA, sports is kind of a big deal. Lots of kids play it's high a big school deal sports. For
2: yeah, yep. it would be Look, a was, big issue in
4: Western in PA. There. You Look, know, imagine you're a parent. Imagine you're a parent that invested year after year, driving your little girl to swim practice, waking up super early in the morning, getting her there, uh, watching her swim, and all of a sudden, uh, a boy her junior year in, in, in high school says, "You know what? I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to compete on the women's swim team," and does that, and takes your little girl's all star spot, and by taking her all star spot, maybe she loses a college scholarship. And so what yep. I say is. We have to recognize the bi- biological differences between boys and girls. We just have to, and why should our little girls right? I have a little girl I have a little girl I mean, my daughter is my world. I want her to have all the opportunity in the world. Why should little girls have to give up their dreams because a little boy wants to compete in their sport i don 't think that that 's right, and, and we should protect we should protect the, fu- you know, our, our, the future of our little girls as much as humanly possible and, and people don 't know. That, that lamb voted for that as well
0: yeah uh, that's the thing i i i i worry that people um i the, the district um used to be uh tim murphy had it and he he uh was elected every year i think he ran unopposed a few times and that was before it was the, the uh the district was uh remapped but um it's just I, I worry that that Connor Lamb is going to just get uh, a lot of votes because from people who just think that you're supposed to vote for whoever the guy, uh, you know, is who's been in there for the last few years. You know what I mean? It's just it's well, the
4: incumbent. John, look, but every every by every electoral metric, we're beating him. We outraised him the last quarter almost two to one. Uh, people, people need to remember that even if this district had existed in 2016, PA 17, President Trump won the district by 11,000 votes. Senator Pat mm-hmm. Toomey in the same year won the district by 17,000 votes. So two very different Republicans have demonstrated the ability to carry PA 17 in the last four years. And what people forget is that when Connor Lamb ran for Congress, he was running as essentially a conservative. He had a a D after his name. He was a Democrat. But I remember watching those races thinking, well, my goodness, this guy's essentially a Republican. He has not governed that way. So, yes, while he might be an incumbent Democrat, he's an incumbent Democrat politician, but he's in an R plus four district. This is a, a district that two very different Republicans have demonstrated the ability to carry just within the last four years. And so. You know, the big issue here for Connor Lamb is that to me, he has an integrity problem. He said one thing and did another, and that's going to be very hard for him to escape in November.
0: I got a couple minutes left here with Sean Parnell uh, running against Connor Lamb in District 17. Um, the Democratic governor and his aunt Rachel have uh, called for shutting down sports uh, until at least January 1st, and the Republicans in Harrisburg. I've been trying to get them to open the state up. Um, what's what's going on with that? What 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 do you where do you stand on just opening things up?
4: I just think we need, look, uh, we're at the point now where, I, look, I fully recognize that we need to take COVID-19 seriously, right? This is a pandemic, but the, here's the deal. We know who we need to protect. Let's protect the vulnerable. Let's invest resources in protecting the vulnerable. And, and and let's, like, reopen in a more surgical way. I was very disappointed to hear that sports would be canceled because I think that we can we know enough about the virus now that we can put safeguards in place To keep our kids safe uh, while they're playing sports, I think you know sports and school—they teach our children so many lessons, just either outside the school curriculum or outside what they learn on the on the field. Uh, And and I just want to see our kid as many kids get back to life as safely as possible, as soon as possible. So I, I I'd like to see our kids get back playing sports because I think we can do it safely.
0: Hey, uh, Sean, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on again between now and November 3rd. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you got it, brother. Thanks for having me, John. Okay, Sean Parnell, and we will be right back.
5: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former Vice President Joe Biden making his first appearance along with his newly chosen running mate, Kamala Harris, the former primary rivals appearing together today at a high school near Biden's Delaware home. At the White House this afternoon, President Trump and Vice President Pence convened a roundtable discussion on reopening schools in the U.S. The White House has been a strong advocate of reopening schools. Critics say they're concerned about Coronavirus transmission among children and school employees. Problems in Georgia dealing with the return to school. The largest school district struggled today to launch online learning for its 180,000 students, with parents complaining students could not log into the Gwinnett County system. Meanwhile, Cherokee County has quarantined more than 1,100 students after trying in-school learning, adding about 330 to yesterday's total. This is SRN News.
1: I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call
3: 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop you save get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states back in the day pittsburgh cranked out a lot of steel we helped build this country our steel went into the empire state building the golden gate bridge yeah you'll find it there too these days we're about more than steel But we're still producing something strong. You can see it in the eyes of our kids. That same resolve. That same blue-collar ethic forged in the fires of hard work and history. And one day soon, they'll help build this country all over again. We're Pittsburgh Strong. We're AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020 and we'd like to reward your college bound seniors achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at theanswerpgh.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. Hi, I'm Dennis Prager. Last year, I co-starred in a movie with Adam Carolla that warned you, my fellow Americans, about the current attack on free speech and free thought. It began in the universities, and I warned you, it would be coming to your neighborhood and your workplace. I had no idea how soon... We now have leaders in media, big tech, the law, business, and government who no longer believe in free speech or the principles of freedom and liberty our founders gave us. If you and your family want to understand what is happening in our world and know how you can fight back to protect the people you love, you must watch No Safe Spaces. I promise you, a great movie. I use the word very carefully. Go to nosafespaces.com. Learn the truth so you can defend your family and our country. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. Nosafespaces.com. Promo code Pittsburgh. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
2: Still seeing congestion on the outbound Parkway
6: East Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. About a five-minute delay there. Inbound, also busy into the tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, not doing too badly at the moment. 380 under construction till 7 p.m. down to one lane between South Graham Street and North Highland Avenue. Also 15th Street, that's blocked with construction between Carson Street and Bingham Street. That's a look at
2: traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
3: AM 1250, the answer,
1: weather. Patchy clouds for tonight, low 67. Humid Thursday with clouds and sun. Watch for an afternoon shower or thunderstorm in spots, high 86. Cloudy, humid for Thursday night, low 67. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 87. And for Saturday, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250,
3: The Answer.
0: As the smartest man in America, Thomas Sowell, once said, uh, culture has consequences. And we talk about culture a lot on this show. I talked about it a little bit in the open. Uh, So it's good to have someone on who can speak about cultures that I might not understand because I'm old. Uh, Allie Beth Stuckey is a millennial. She comments on culture on her Blaze TV podcast, Relatable. She's also the author of a book called You're Not Enough and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. Allie, Beth joins us now. Thanks for being here.
6: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So uh, when did um, did self-love become toxic?
6: Yes, well, it's actually been toxic for a while. So several decades of psychology have told us that self-esteem is, Is going to solve all of our problems and low self-esteem is the reason for crime. It's the reason for academic failure. It's the reason why people don't succeed. And yet, study after study shows that that's simply not true. Not that it's bad to be confident, but Mm -hmm. that we don't be focusing all of our energy just on making sure that people feel good about themselves. There's actually no correlation between that and success and just general well-being, and yet people have capitalized off of this trend, especially in recent years and places like Instagram, telling women things that I talk about in my book, like you're perfect the way you are, you're the only thing that you need for your own purpose and fulfillment, and you determine your own truth. You can't love other people until you love yourself. And all of these, unfortunately, have turned into a kind of trendy narcissism that has made young people, and especially young women, just miserable.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> you mentioned um, um, self-esteem, and I, I I hadn't thought about that for a while, but I, I can remember talking to uh, some friends of mine who were teachers, and that just and and they they were had been teachers for a long time and this kind of came along later in their careers but the whole self-esteem movement just drove them nuts the, the, the things that they thought were good for years good ways to teach kids became uh, uh, against the rules because the, the, everybody's uh, self-esteem was the number one thing it was the, it was the number one goal was self-esteem even more than uh, than reading writing and arithmetic
6: And you can see how that sometimes can cause organizations and even schools to lower standards because having a standard that some people can't reach can, you know, actually drive down self-confidence or self-esteem or so the theory goes. And so, unfortunately, there are teachers, administrators, even businesses that start to lower standards simply because the highest value that they have is making people feel good about themselves And when people don't reach a particular standard, they might feel bad about themselves and in this culture of self-love, that is the thing that has to be avoided at all costs. But you quoted Thomas Sowell earlier, if you want to keep the people who are down, down forever, we keep lowering the standards until there really are no standards anymore. And unfortunately that doesn't lead to good things personally but it also doesn't lead to good things societally so I truly do think that this is a toxic culture that's infected the younger generations
0: and you mentioned it but and you also you write that uh, women are always being fed the phrase you are enough what is that supposed to mean and why is that a problem
6: yeah so what it means is its Well, first of all, it's well-intentioned. So people of all kinds, but speaking as a woman, I can say that especially women deal with feelings of insecurity of looking at women in advertisements and different Hollywood depictions of women and feeling like we're never going to measure up. We're never going to be enough. We don't have time in our day to be a good employee or a boss and to be a good mom and a good wife and all these things. So women really struggle. And I'm sure men do too with feelings of inadequacy and feelings of not enoughness. So There is a phrase that is very popular, especially especially in self-help and self-love books, especially on social media, that says you are enough. The problem is we know that that's not true. This idea that you are enough says that you're sufficient for your own happiness and purpose and everything that you need. Well, we know that that's not the case. We mess up. We fail. We come up short. We need help. We need to go outside of ourselves for wisdom, for truth, for fulfillment. We actually have to commit to our, uh, to something that is bigger than us in order to get the fulfillment that we're looking for. So it's just another way, unfortunately, of encouraging people to be selfish and to be self-centered. This book is not about encouraging people to self-deprecation or insecurity. It's saying, stop obsessing over what you think of you, which is ever-changing, and take your eyes off of yourself and be forgetful about all that you think of yourself and commit yourself to the work that you're doing, to the causes that are in front of you, and to serving and loving other people.
0: Does it would to say uh, you need to get over yourself? Is that kind of the same thing, or is that a little too harsh?
6: No, I don't think that's too harsh at all. Look, we have spent millions of dollars and years and years convincing young people that the most important thing in their life is that they have high self esteem. Well, unfortunately, the millennial generation and Generation Z have the worst reports of mental health of any generation. 55% of Generation Z, that's the generation after me, they're about 23 and younger. 55% say that they have poor mental health. So they have low self-confidence. They're depressed or anxious. Now, how is this possible? If for at least the past, 20 to 30 years. We've been drilling into students and young people's heads that they're perfect the way they are and everyone gets a trophy no matter what and that all you have to do is love yourself. Maybe it's because self-centeredness doesn't make us happy and the self can't be both the problem and the solution. We've lost the values of the importance of sacrifice and honor, attaching yourself to things that are bigger than you, like family, like church, like your community, like your country. And we've created all of these little people who think that they're their own gods, and unfortunately they're unable to carry the weight and the responsibility that comes with that.
0: We're talking to Allie Beth Stuckey. The book is uh, You're Not Enough, and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. I'm coming to you from Pittsburgh, where Mr. Rogers is a... Uh, a hero here um there's a statue of him i think and um and i had those same teachers a couple of them tell me many years ago that that was also a problem because they were told by mr rogers who's considered a, a saint that um that they were told they were constantly told you are special and yes <laughs> and the kids thought they were special and they they had to kind of convince them well, you know what you're not really that special
6: <laughs> right. If everyone's special, then no one's special. So I think it's so important to have a balanced view of the self. On the one hand, yes, people matter. Of course we matter. I'm a Christian, so I believe that everyone has an eternal soul. We are made in the image of God. So human beings are important. We do have value. We do matter. But we are also very similar. There are a lot of commonalities. Uh, between all of us which means that we're not all special we're not all the star of the show it's not all about us the universe doesn't revolve around us we're not necessarily entitled to all of the things that we want and i think it's so important for us to have a balanced view of ourselves and a view of our place in the world that we are here to be productive to cultivate and to make the world better around us whether that's just through being um whether that's through being a mom, whether that is through a, being an accountant, whether that's through being a gardener, a janitor, whatever it is, doing the work and the roles that we are called to, well, contributing to the world around us rather than just taking in and thinking about ourselves all the time, um, it's not just good for us personally; it's good for society as a whole. Um, uh,
0: your bio says you're 28 years old, so I just wonder how how does your um, your uh, philosophy, your opinions on on this stuff. How do they match up with people from your generation, other millennials? I mean, do you find uh, are you uh, are you kind of on the outside looking in on this stuff?
6: Yes, I am. And, you know, that's why I wrote this book is because there are so few books like this. A lot of men, young men, can find a tough love book that's directed towards them. You get Jordan Peterson telling you to clean your room. You've got Jocko Willings telling you to wake up at 4 a.m. and then to work out. But women don't have a lot of tough love. Women read a book, and we are told that everything that you feel is completely valid. You should follow your emotions. Um, everything bad that has happened to you is someone else's fault. And the most important thing that you can do is to feel good about yourself and to do what you want to do, to do what makes you happy. Don't do anything that's difficult or that makes you sacrifice. Don't do anything that doesn't feel good. And it's creating, uh, unfortunately, a bunch of miserable narcissists. And the reason I wrote this book is because I started getting messages and emails from young women saying, hey, I've been following this self-love guru or the self-help expert. I read all these books. I followed all these mommy blogs that were telling me that all I had to do was love myself and do what makes me happy. I am miserable. I am worse off than I was before. What is wrong with this? All this stuff sounds so good and empowering. Why don't I feel good or empowered? It's because human beings weren't made to serve ourselves. We were made to do hard things. We were made to cultivate and be productive and to contribute to the world around us. We weren't made to just serve uh, ourselves. And so, Um, I wrote this book because a lot of young women are miserable in this toxic culture of self-love, and I might be a minority, but my hope and and my prayer is that I'm not a minority for long.
0: So uh, what was your dead end for self-love that you wrote about?
6: Sorry, what was that?
0: What was your dead end for self-love that you wrote about?
6: Yeah. So when I was in college, um, I went through uh, an interesting self-defining season that a lot of young people go through. You know, it's called self-discovery. Everyone has seen or read *Eat, Pray, Love*, where you feel like you got to go off and find yourself and just do whatever you want to do. Well, I did the same thing. I was a newly single college senior and I decided you know what I'm going to do whatever I wanted to do which included a lot of what college students do which are really unhealthy and stupid choices like drinking too much going out unhealthy relationships and at the same time that I'm doing all these things that I say are making me happy and uh, are proof that I love myself and that I'm enough for myself and all of these things I also developed an eating disorder I developed anorexia and bulimia and I told myself that it was fine um, and I told myself that these were, I, I was just doing what was best for me. I liked how I looked. I liked how I felt. I liked the attention that I was getting only to realize uh, several months later, I sat in front of a counselor in her office and she said, you know, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. And at 22 years old, I had reached the dead end of self-discovery, which ended up being a lot of disappointment and devastation. I realized I'm not enough, and for me, it was that I needed my faith in God to rescue me, to get me out of that pit. I needed his truth and his purpose that he gave me. I wasn't enough for myself, and I wasn't a good guy down my own path. And um, a lot of women, unfortunately, can relate to that kind of story.
0: Uh, Just a couple of culture questions, uh, not necessarily related to your book, but maybe you talk about this in your book, too. Would your generation's future... Uh, have been better if uh, social media had never existed?
6: Oh, yes. Yes, I think so. I think, unfortunately, social media, especially for preteen, middle school people whose brains, you know, have just ver- barely developed, to be able to see virtually when you're left out of a party, to be able to compare yourself constantly to other people, it creates a lot of depression and anxiety and suicide, And a lot of the content that is really not appropriate for young kids, they have access to 24-7 through social media. And I think it's created a huge burden that kids are not able to bear, and they're just not able to be kids in the same way that um, older generations were. I'm very thankful that we... Did not yet have Snapchat and TikTok and things like that. Was when I was in high school. I just don't think kids are mature enough to be able to handle it yet. So it's um, extremely detrimental.
0: Yeah, I talked about this in the open. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion's uh, popular song? <laughs> no, uh, I can't
6: listen the- to it. I've purposely not listened to it, but I've heard people talk about it enough to know. Um, what it's about and, and what it's talking about. Can't say that I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, no, I know, and I—that's I, not something I can talk about on the radio. But I only have about a minute and a half. I'm just wondering. Um, I know that kids, uh, white and black, watch that, and it's a big hit. What does that mean? I mean, how do you? How do you? From a cultural standpoint.
6: Well, unfortunately, there are so many different aspects that we see in the. In this song and in this video, one of them is, in my opinion, the toxicity of feminism, um, which laughs at something like responsibility, which laughs at something like chastity, which laughs at something like monogamy and calls those kinds of lyrics empowerment and freedom and liberation, which, of course, it's not at all. So that's one thing it says about society and just that we are willing to tolerate and honor as heroes, absolutely, anyone, no matter how, vulgar and
0: self-defeating they might be. So Allie Beth Stuckey is uh, her name, and her book is You're Not Enough, and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. I follow you on Twitter. You got a lot of good stuff on there, Allie Beth, and I thank you for coming on the show.
6: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, and we will be right back. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? We'll stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724 884 724-884-1496
2: We're Diamond and Silk and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to share property. She was living the American nightmare. So for us, the American dream meant not only the freedom to find love, and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers, and how you can reach others too. You've seen us. And you've heard us. Now read all about us in
0: Uprising.
5: Uprising by Diamond and Silk coming August eighteenth. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold.
0: Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the My Pillow mattress topper more. Get a My Pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a ten-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable, and it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800 716 Eight zero. For the
2: best night's sleep
3: in the
6: whole wide world, visit
3: MyPillow.com.
0: Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne.
6: And I'm Danica Bourne. And
1: And we're the owners of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax.
3: We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease.
6: South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results.
3: We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number.
6: Call us today at one 800 tax 1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start.
2: In
3: John 836. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at one 800 tax 1176 1176 Together, we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1 800 Tax 1176. You're listening to the John Stager Wall Show on AM 1250. The answer Food for the Poor's on Loma talks about the impending food crisis brought on by COVID 19.
1: Now, the biggest shortage is food. That surprised me because I thought it would be medicine,
4: it
3: would be this, it would be the other, which we're still sending, but almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now because can you imagine people who are living less than $2.41 which is
4: the definition of extreme poverty of destitution if now they have lost the ability to do whatever they were doing before to earn that $2.41
0: that is going from from hunger into starvation so we want to make sure that you uh, still have takes advantage of time to uh, give some gifts here. This stuff works uh, for uh, food for the poor. We have been doing this now for a couple of weeks. We're really happy with the amount of uh, number of donations we've gotten. And just to remind you, uh, a $37 gift, that's emergency food relief for a child for six months. $185 is uh, emergency food relief for five kids for six months. And $370 one-time gift, that's emergency food relief for 10 kids for six months. So it's uh, food for the poor. And this the the best thing about this, as I've said uh, all along here, is that uh, I just gave you the numbers. When you give some money, you know exactly what you're getting, What not what you're getting for but what other people are getting for it. Uh, $37 and a kid eats for six months. And during this uh, pandemic... Getting food has been really tough for the people in uh, the countries where food for the poor uh, works, uh, Central America, uh, Haiti. So $37, a child for six months, $185, uh, five kids for six months, and $370 for uh, 10 kids for six months. And you can donate by calling 844-868-HOPE. That's 844-868-4673. and also you can go to theanswerpgh.com and look for the uh, emergency food relief uh, button and click there, and you can make your donation there. Once again, that number is 844-868-4673, or go to theanswerpgh.com. So we're out of time, and uh, thanks for listening today, and we'll have more for you right here on this very same radio station tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. The John Staggerwalk Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.